0: Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast.
1: Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> recording in progress. Recording in progress,
1: baby. <laughs> it's always
0: like... So we're on Zoom today, coming from opposite coasts. Whenever you're starting a meeting, you're like, da, da, da. it's like recording in progress. You're like, ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, literally like, I got it. Okay. Everyone's listening. <laughs> also, I
1: feel like Zoom can get a better voice for that.
0: I agree. It could just, but, you know it's you know, weird? There's something about it that's very her or very Alexa, where if it was oh. like a, a woman that was like recording in progress, it might freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> Alexa freaks me out as well. I don't use Alexa. Yeah, no. I, 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 put, her, I put her to sleep after the move. I said, you're not coming with me to New York.
0: (laughs) I think you left her here. I think I left her there. (laughs) I think you left her here. She's been haunting my dreams. Freaking Alexa. Um, If you're new to the pod, welcome. We are almost 30 podcasts. We've been around for 100 years now. Mm -hmm. And um, we're really grateful to have you. We love to talk about things like self-development, spirituality, wellness, a little bit of culture. But really, we are here to support you in your evolution. So talking about anything that's related to the... Support of your growth and your expansion is what we do, and why we do it is because we <laughs> needed that during a hard transition from our 20s to our 30s, and we found that in our conversations together.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. About just, I, I have been chance meeting a lot of People, whether they are parents of twenty somethings or actual twenty somethings, and I'm like, oh my god! If I had so much of what we have now, when I was in my twenties, oh my lanta! So we're so I'd be so
0: amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also think of like, what would I be doing? I would be a rocket scientist. Okay, I know. I would have. <laughs> I
0: would have cured cancer. <laughs>
1: It's just crazy, but we're so glad you're here. And just on that note, really quickly, we have our favorite event of the year coming up. It is completely free and kind of a culmination of like really what we're here to do um, live. So we bring together our favorite teachers and experts and healers. Um and basically bring them to you live to share their insights and expertise and just magic, really, and support you in your evolution where you are now. And especially kicking off 2022, I feel like this is going to be an incredibly special one. The lineup yeah, be, is fire.
0: The lineup <laughs> is fire. So almost 30 camps is a free online event. Some of the speakers that we have attending this year, it is happening on January 22nd, 2022. So Saturday, January 22nd, 2022 digitally. Some of the speakers will be spirit daughter, Jill Winterstein, who will be doing the 2022 astrological forecast. We have Mark Groves, permission to evolve in relationship and collectively. We have Kimberly Snyder, who's going to be talking about moving beyond fear teachings and techniques to expand into a life that's more fulfilling. We have Bethany Webster, Healing Your Inner Teenager from Inner Conflict to Peace. She was really impactful for me in healing the mother wound. So a lot of her work is around mother wound. That's going to be incredible. We also have Rail Bird. She's going to be talking about intergenerational and personal healing with shadow work. And we have Minaj Diaz of Open, Being in Our Body. Lindsay and I will also be doing a clearing, a Reiki-infused catharsis. So we're going to be a little bit of Reiki healing, a little bit of movement, and it's going to be such a beautiful day. And again, my favorite part is that it is all free.
1: All free and... It's pretty wild coming together, thousands and thousands of you from all over the world and feeling the energy is so crazy. I think yes. the first time that we hosted camp, this is going to be our third one. The first time we hosted camp, it we had to, we had to nap for three days because we were like, yeah. that was the best ever. And we also were like, oh my gosh, so much incredible energy. So we know how to hold it now because it is yes. so, so incredible but it just feels good to not be alone, you know? I think virtual can sometimes be like, uh, oh, it's not the same, but I don't know.
0: Camp is is different. Camp is truly different. I do feel proud of our container holding abilities. Yes, I, I feel very <laughs> because proud. Because at first, it was a <laughs> lot of courting. There was a lot of... Yeah, me and Lindsay were just exhausted after the first one. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. And for anyone that's um, a podcaster or a speaker or wants to be a speaker at events or wants to um, be a public figure, wants to be an influencer, wants to be an author, whatever the space is, there is a... Important part of the process where you can only speak to as much as you can hold a container for. So, if you are a speaker, you know, and you have an event, you have 70 people, that would be the maximum container capacity that you could hold at that time. But once you get bigger and bigger, you could hold these bigger containers with more and more people, and it's all energetic. So, I've learned that over time that we've really only been able to have as big of events as we've been able to hold containers for those events. Mm -hmm. So, I'm excited that, you know, we're in the thousands now with camp Um, but it still is something that you really have to work your way up to and took us a while
1: yeah truly so you can reserve your spot now it is limited capacity and it is completely free so pass pass this info along to a friend as well almost 30.com slash camp has all of the information on speakers and how to reserve your spot
0: cannot wait to see you We'll see you at camp and then we'll be opening up membership, which is so exciting. Can't wait to see you there.
1: Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there. (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, Find and Tap into Your Gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode. And he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often. So we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a lightworker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coded Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. P.S.T., make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash (laughs) camp. Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will
0: see you on January 28th. Our relationship with goal setting and goals has changed quite a bit over the years. We now have such a different relationship with goals than we ever have before. And I think last year was the first year I really put into practice, Lindsay really put into practice, our new perspective and belief around goals. We were people that for the first couple of years of the podcast and for most of my life, I was very, very, very goal-oriented. And we've really, really shifted the focus. So the overall overarching theme of our conversation will be on rethinking goals. We don't want this to be something where you're coming in and you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling like you have to set all these goals. You have to live your life in accordance to the fulfillment of these goals, that your worth or your value is based on achieving these goals. We want this to be a goal reframe as we go into 2022. So you can really think about the way that goals affect your life and your relationship to these goals that you make.
1: Yeah. And just to speak to kind of like my past relationship with goals, like I've always felt a bit disconnected from the concept of goal setting, which, you know, didn't always serve me in like a a school setting because I feel like that was very much goal oriented. But I always felt like something was missing in the process where it just felt very linear, where it was like, this is the goal. This is what you focus on. This is what you get done. And if you don't, it's considered you know, incomplete or a failure or whatever. It's almost
0: like punishment.
1: Yeah. And even though it's not like blatant punishment, it's kind of like, so if you don't meet the goal, then you fail and that's just understood. (laughs) And then it's kind of like self-imposed, you know, shame around that failure. But that's, you know, I think I was definitely taught that around whatever I wanted to accomplish, whether it was, you know, within theater or within my Education, whether I wanted to get an A in this course or um, set myself up for success for like a big audition. And, you know, I was so focused on the goal that I really wasn't able to see kind of the peripheral view of like what else could be contributing to the fact that like I'm not meeting this goal. So um, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I was just kind of feeling like there were so many missing pieces when it came to goal setting and it never truly clicked for me. I feel like goal setting did serve us really well in the beginning of Almost 30 though. Would you agree?
0: I completely agree. And that's what's interesting about goals and something that I think is really important because right now I'm really on the the tip of anything that feels like dogma to me, I don't want to do. So morning routines. I have a morning routine that I loosely follow, but there are days when I watch YouTube at 5am. There are days when I eat my breakfast at 5am. There are days when I sleep in. There are days when I don't do any part of my morning routine. And that's really important to me because I want to do what intuitively feels right for me at the time. But my goal setting and the way that I was really diligent and really disciplined about achieving my goals was really helpful to our success in our business and any success that I have in my life. So there is a really important part of goal setting and being disciplined that I think is important, important for the journey. And I think that really is going from a place where you have goals like you were talking about when you're in high school and when you're in grade school where you're being told that these are your goals and you don't understand why. So you're sort of acting unconsciously towards these goals. You're like, I need to get A's. I don't really feel like I care, but I'm being forced to do them. So then you kind of lose the plot in college and a little bit after, or I felt like I did, where I was like, okay, I don't want anyone to tell me any goals. I don't want to have any goals. I kind of want to free flow because it doesn't feel like anything feels authentic. And then you sort of have to come around to another place, the next evolution where you're understanding, like you said, and you're creating goals based on things that you actually want in your life and things that actually matter to you. So you're making goals based on like a true heartfelt reason that you want to achieve them rather than what society thinks or rather than what your job thinks or what your teacher thinks or what your professor thinks. So the process where I was brought around to making goals and being super disciplined was huge, hugely transformational for me. And that meant discipline for me meant not drinking and spending my time on activities that will further my career that will further my spiritual development that will further my relational development and that also meant doing things like doing things like meditation so having a discipline around meditation so that i could make that an integrated part of my practice it could have also meant becoming vegan you know i had to be disciplined about being vegan or just dis- being disciplined about vegetarian for the years that I was before it and those led to really impactful things in my life. I wasn't willy-nilly about them. I was pretty strict about them, but it felt really good and it felt really really aligned because I understood why why those were my goals for drinking I wanted a different life. I wanted to change my life in a way that felt like I was living more authentically and more in my body. For being vegetarian, there are social and cultural reasons I felt really aligned to. For meditation, I really wanted to get a hold of my mental health. So, what seems to be really strict things by basis of culture and society, you know to not have meat, to not have bacon, to not go out with your friends, to spend time alone, meditation feels really weird. But for me, having those be a part of my life, understanding the end goal and then understanding that the discipline of those things was going to help me get there was really, really, really important.
1: Yeah, it's like those goals by proxy that are really about kind of your own personal journey that can enhance the more specific goal, like the veganism, like the not drinking. It's like that is really supporting what you want ultimately, right? But it also helps to strengthen the muscle of, I'm going to commit to this thing and I am going to create a really healthy habit, but more so a lifestyle. And so you prove to yourself and build more confidence around that, which I think is so, so important. And, you know, it also made me think about like the fact that so many of my goals in the past have not been my own. And you briefly touched on that where it's like, are these goals my own? You know, it's like in the world in which we live in now, we're seeing so much on social media, so much on the news, so much here, so much there. And so you kind of sponge up these, these aspects of people's lives that you want and you strive to have. And it's like, Okay, <laughs> you know it's like yes, and so I have to be really discerning about, and I've been tapping into this lately on on my social media hiatus because I'm like I automatically was like, all right, lens, what are your goals for this? What are you going to have at the end of this hiatus? And it was like, ah, like why? Why do I? Why do I want that or need that? And it really felt like because I wanted to show people what this produced for me. And it really Mm -hmm. wasn't about what I wanted to produce for myself. So I kind of had to check myself. So I think it's, it really always is about checking in with the, like you said, the why behind the goal. Is it yours?
0: Yes. I think that's a huge question for our audience. Is this my goal or someone else's? Is this my goal or someone else's? I remember for so long, I was like, I want to run a marathon. And then one year was like, I don't give a fuck about marathons. (laughs) I don't, fucking want to do that. And that's literally mad respect and love to people that have run marathons. I've run a bunch of halves, like mad respect. But I was like, damn, that wasn't my goal. And it felt like a stereotypical idea of a goal you see places. Like I was yes. definitely influenced by the idea of goals. And for so many people, the, I, the standard goal felt like from what my perception is, was a marathon. And so I would say that. I'd be like, oh, I want to run a marathon. I want a marathon. And then I'm like, what? I don't give a fuck about marathons. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And I think the, you know, when we're talking about is, the, is this my goal or someone else's, a good way to kind of check in with that is, you know, potentially write that goal down, maybe journal about it. Like, how is this goal going to make me feel? How will my life be different if I achieve this goal? What does this goal mean for me are some great questions you can think about when journaling. And I think also, too, checking in with your community, you know, with your partner, with your friends, with your family, like, What do you think about this goal for me? Obviously, we don't want to be too influenced by our family's opinions, by anyone else's opinions but our own. But it could be interesting to see how they react and if it feels like a natural evolution or progression as a goal for you. And thinking from a relational perspective, it is a good idea maybe to check in with your family and friends or your closest loved ones and goal set with them in the sense of goal setting based on either your relationship or things that maybe they're seeing. And this is kind of TBM shadow work in you that you could potentially make as goals that you may not see yourself. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of our goals are really ego-based. They're really like, how is this going to make me look to everyone else? What does this mean about me? Does this mean I'm good? Does this mean I'm achieving? Does this mean I'm a productive member of society? And they're actually not based on anything that would make an impact on our life that we would feel on a daily basis. Yeah, I really love that point. I think... Um... Sean and
1: I make goals at the beginning of every year. And I'm curious to look back on last year's and see what the ego to soul ratio is on them. But it it was, it was cool to share because you're right. Like there is something that someone that knows you so well brings to that reflection. Like I remember distinctly him being like, oh, I really love that for you. And I hadn't really shared that goal before. And I was like, and it almost rang true even more. I was like, yeah, that is actually... It wasn't at the top of my list, but it was like, actually that one is the one that spoke to my heart, even though it wasn't going to be the one that I could like show people and really like, you know, parade around. Just the emotionality around a goal and just kind of seeing if there's any tending to that needs to happen before we kind of like get on the pursuit and start the process. Because I feel like there can, and again i think this is some tbm shadow work stuff too but even if i think about my like large pursuit earlier in my 20s like of wanting to be on broadway or then it shifted to like wanting to be you know on tv film whatever there were some aspects of that goal or that pursuit that i don't think i was very real with myself about some of those being like, "Okay, whose dream is this really? Did I love it? Yes." And did I understand the what it would really take to get there, And if I understood what it really took to get there, would I still want to do it and i don't you know I, I haven't reflected on that. it's kind of like just thankfully, I was open enough, and other things came into my orbit, and I'm on another path now, but it's just interesting to think about that if I knew some things that I would have to mm, sacrifice or almost compromise on in order to be in that world, like I'm not quite sure if that pursuit would have gone on for that long. So it's just interesting to kind of think about, okay, what is, what is this really? What is the emotion behind this? Do I, just, do I really want to be seen? Do I really want to be recognized for something, but maybe not this thing? Maybe this thing isn't the thing. Am I kind of carrying my parents' dreams for me? So it's just kind of picking apart. Yeah. And again, that shadow work is so important to kind of show you, show you those things. And even if it turns out that you still want to pursue that thing, I do think that it clears some debris so that you can just go.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? I, think that's, I think that's such a great example because is this a goal that I want to achieve because I believe that my inner child will receive love from it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and this is a, probably more of my life is motivated by that than maybe I'm conscious of. But for your example, it's like that was always the dream for you and your family and your mm-hmm. parents, you know, mm-hmm. like to be on Broadway, to be these things. So is that the heart of you? And it, sometimes it's so close, you don't even know. Totally. I don't think my family had a dream for me. So it wasn't like, I don't really know. But it's like, is that... you know? Sometimes you're like, oh, it feels in my heart because it feels so true. But I don't know if I go deeper to my soul if that's what my heart wants. And a lot of times our goals are really just ways in which our inner child can act out this feeling of feeling unloved or feeling unworthy or feeling unvalidated. And we get on this hamster reel of goal setting in hopes that that's going to fulfill us and that's going to make us feel seen and that's going to make us feel loved. And really, it never does. And I think like the the hyper focus on it, I think I
1: probably missed a lot of opportunities along the way. I think I I opened up towards when, you know, Almost 30 came in. But for so long, I was just so hyper focused. I wasn't really looking at anything else. And I do think that the pressure of this massive kind of vague goal just made me hyper-compare. So I was comparing myself to everyone. I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not there yet. It was always like, I'm not there yet. That was always the story in my head. I'm like, well, I got to take another class and I should get another coach. And I, you know, I'm not there yet. I don't, I don't sing like her. I was never like, I'm already it. I am already it, everybody. And it doesn't mean like I wouldn't get more training, but it's like, there was a mindset that I think was influenced by this big, vague, like nebulous goal. And it wasn't really serving me and giving me the confidence and the groundedness and really the focus. I felt very ADD in the whole process, actually. Um, So I
0: think... Yeah, I think when you have that internal critic, you know, it puts you down first with the comparisons mm -hmm. and then it selects that single arbitrary domain of comparison. In your case, it's it's acting in, in this specific realm of Broadway at that time or then film or TV. Mm-hmm. And then it acts like that domain or that comparison is the only relevant place of like existence almost. Yes. And then it contrasts you, you know, unfavorably with Jennifer Aniston, with mm-hmm. all these people within that specific domain. And then really it uses this like, unbridgeable gap between you and Jennifer Aniston maybe Mm -hmm. and then just like uses that gap as like evidence for why you aren't there yet and sometimes even why like life isn't fair or you're never going to make it and then your motivation is really stuck because it's undermined in such a way because you're focused so much on that big gap and the bridge yeah you know between the two exactly
1: Exactly. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah, it just, yeah, it becomes so big. You can't, you know, it's it's like you can't really...
0: Yeah, and then you're so motivated because you're like, where am I? Like, where where am I? How is this possible? Is this even possible? Mm -hmm. It feels really defeating. It feels really disheartening. And you're sort of starting from behind. And that's why social media is so hard. And that's why, you know, the world that we live in is so hard in that way because we have the people that we look up to that can be helpful and also hurtful because we're so focused on them and their journey and path that we might make goals for ourselves that really don't get us closer to who we are. Yeah. And something that we're mindful of and something that I'm kind of... I don't really know how to feel about it, but I talk about this with our friends in our community who are leaders or influencers, authors, you know, public figures, whatever. It's like, so hard because sometimes it feels like people are inspiring people to be like them and not to be like themselves. And this is kind of a side tangent, but it's like, when you are existing publicly online, it becomes something where it sometimes feels like, okay, now people want to be like me or like someone else or like my friend or whoever they're inspired by and it actually gets them further from their path of their truest expression and existence because now they're so focused on wanting to be like this person that they see online and they actually are just wasting their time because their path is someplace else and it's tricky you know being in the online world and i think your your hiatus that you're taking and that you took in december was really powerful to just sort of reset not sort of to reset and recalibrate on like what is your north star like what is motivating you to move and get up every single day and mm-hmm. what is the goal that you have or the goal that you're shooting towards or the mm-hmm. way you're orienting yourself yeah no completely cuz you know it's such
1: a it's such a fast-paced environment i feel like just the digital world it's like we're always consuming and then like us we're like consuming and like creating content at a pretty high rate And so I was losing sight of and just really not able to grasp some of my like specific goals. I could say kind of general ones, and then I was like, okay, but you know, it didn't really like hit in my heart. And I think, you know, I would prioritize what I was doing on Instagram over what I was doing in private, like whether I was working on my music or doing other things. I'm like, I would prioritize yeah but i have to post on instagram and i have this thing i you know i do which i love doing and it's you know such a blessing to be able to do that i really i really love the platform for that as well but you know i just needed that i needed that breather to kind of come back to like okay you know what actually feels good and then i think in that way you can kind of piece together um just a clearer way to achieve present goals, you know? Yes. And um, because before it just felt so uh, staticky, I couldn't really see. I'm like, I don't see how I can do that right now, you know? But I, I'm sure I'll. we're recording this a little bit before uh, the new year, but I'm sure I'll have a bit more insight on it. But um, yeah, I think that that just lends itself to the tip of like taking a little space before you like really commit to a goal. It's like giving yourself that space, you know, top of year goals. I know it's like trendy, but if you need the whole month of fucking January to just (sighs) like noodle and just be like, you know what, where's my heart? And how do I want to feel? And what really matters to me? I think that is so much more valuable than being like, here are my resolutions, here are my goals, yada, yada. Because ultimately the, the first few weeks of the year can just kind of be, just as crazy
0: as the last three
1: weeks of the Dude, exactly. previous year. <laughs> well,
0: it's just like, okay, December, and I did the episode on the solstice about rest and like the importance of seasons. And then it's like, everyone's like, holidays are crazy. Ah, we've got to go to see family and travel and we've got to get everything in for work and end of year stuff. And then in January, everyone's like, it's crazy. We've got to set goals and we've got to achieve our <laughs> goals. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, hey, when are we going to take a break? And when... Are we going to check in with the ways in which we're participating with our consumerist society or our mm-hmm. capitalistic society? And I don't even have that much beef with capitalism when it's done well, but it's like we just continue to put ourselves on these wheels and continue to be like, oh my God, I got to set these goals. I got to finish these things. I got to spike our adrenaline somehow and our cortisol somehow through this goal setting. And it just drives us crazy mm-hmm. and it really keeps us out of presence. And, you know, again, like giving evidence at the beginning to why goals are super important to me for most of my life and discipline was. But as I sort of progress on my journey and it's all part of a journey and you're on your journey, I'm on mine and our audience is on a different journey, each one of them individually. But it does bring us out of presence because we're always focused on the next thing. And I did find myself at the end going crazy because I was like, okay... In three days, I've got to do this. and four days, I've got to do this. And in a month, I've got to be here. And in this... And I was time traveling a little bit too much where I wasn't really enjoying the present or I wasn't really in my body or I wasn't really focusing on the here and now. Mm. And I was missing a lot of life because I was so obsessed with being in the future with my
1: goals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think I remember the moment. I just remember feeling it in my body when like we were, we were making some goal or we had made some goal and then we didn't meet that goal by quite, a, one? By quite a bit. And because the goal was like pretty crazy yeah, and you know, it was numbers focused and I kind of want to speak to like our obsession with kind of like quantifying things and just kind of gamifying and being in that like number system of like, so how much money do you have here? How much did you make from this? Or how many downloads do you have here? How many people, how many figs, baby? And it's like, okay, are we again just doing that? Because that's what everyone's doing and sharing and asking for like what is that? I think, you know, we have I think there is like another layer of that where we're like, okay, well we have a team and we we also want them to feel at times like goal motivate. You know, goals motivate people. And I think when you meet a goal, it's really good for morale. So I think that was also kind of a part of the reason. But you know, we hit a point where we were just like, why are we making these crazy goals and then we're like the letdown is like so real. (laughs) So real.
0: Yo, we, you guys, we were goals, go crazy. Because this is what it is. It's in the personal growth, self-development space where like everyone's talking about how many figs a day they're making. And everyone's like, you know, just... It's an interesting space because people are very public about their money, Mm -hmm. public about their numbers. Your numbers are public on display a lot of times. And so I got caught up in being like, okay, I see them at this goal. I want to be at this goal. Or I see us at this goal. I want to be at this goal. And making these like number goals that were literally pulled out of my ass, like made no basis or sense. And I've said this before, but a conversation with Justin where I had told him, I'm like, oh, we didn't hit a goal that that we set. I feel really sad. He's like, well, where are your goals coming from? Like, what is your goal? And I'm like, oh, to double this, (laughs) whatever the thing was. And he's like, that's not how businesses make goals. He's like, they don't say double it. They say grow by 15%, grow by 20%, grow by a sustainable amount that you can handle. Mm
1: -hmm. And I was
0: like, wow, that's so true. Because that feels better. It feels like we could hold it. It feels more sustainable. And when you're doubling everything, it's just kind of out of nowhere. And so for us as a business, we had a lot of goals previously. We met, we've met goals, we haven't met goals. You know, we've kind of been all over the board, Lindsay and I. And it's funny because we've achieved things that we haven't set goals for but we haven't achieved things we've set goals for which is very interesting so for the first couple of years we were like we want to hit this certain number a month didn't hit the number but then we would have something else happen we'd have a monetary goal achieved or we'd have a team member goal achieved or you know we'd have these things achieved and so the past couple of months and even the past couple of years after one launch that we did where we were like no more like we are no longer going to participate in launches where we're focused on numbers we're going to be very clear about that. We are about the impact that we're making and the numbers don't matter. So we had to set that boundary. And then ever since, we felt such freedom where I feel really good about where we are as a business. I feel really great about the team's synergy. We feel really great about our relationship and everything mm-hmm. moving forward. And it's lifted something where we're like, okay, we can creatively express and be and work with the energy of Almost 30 and support our community in the best way possible. And it doesn't have to be dictated by whatever the numbers are telling us it has to be dictated by.
1: Yeah. It's so much more about the quality of what we're producing. And I do think that without the number goals specifically, we're able to see and feel, like you said, just like the good in the present moment where I feel like more often we're now being like, wow, like this team member is just killing it. Yes. yes, You know, like just these these like daily things that were like, yeah, you know what? Like a year ago, this wasn't here and look at us now. And we're able to pick up on those things rather than being so hyper-focused in one yes. direction. It's like, oh, we're just, we're open and ready to receive kind of like the big and little things that are always improving and growing. So.
0: Yeah. I think too, something about the team that I wanted to mention and I think is a really important piece. So when we're thinking about like the goal setting in the brain and its effect sort of on what's going on cognitively, there are different parts of the brain that it's impacting, and goal setting really rewires our brain to make certain parts work more effectively. So there are parts of the brain that do get activated with a goal. It's the amygdala, which is the brain's emotional center. And this evaluates how important the goal is for you. So in Lindsay and I's cases, sometimes we didn't have the a- amygdala activated enough to really make sure that this goal was important to us for a real reason, but just kind of a flippant number basis reason. The frontal lobe is also activated, which is the brain's logical problem solution portion, which defines the goal and then digests it. So you have the original reason, which is in the amygdala, then you have the frontal lobe really helps bring that down almost like from a projector perspective and human design helps make it more tangible. And then these work together to push you towards the completion by having both the goal setting of the frontal lobe and then the reasoning why. And this is just really to support you in you know the process of evolution. But then I think what was most important about the brain's relationship to goal setting was that the brain rewiring must occur when the individual sets the goal. And that the brain and the amygdala is actually not activated when a boss or a coworker or a partner or a friend or a parent sets a goal for you. So someone else setting a goal for you will actually not have the same brain effects as you setting that actual goal that you care about. And I think this is important to think about for teams or even relationships. You know when you come to a team meeting and you're like, we want to hit this revenue goal, we want to do this thing that actually won't have the same effect or the same result as if you were to ask each member of the team separately or even in a team meeting, what would be a goal that they would want to set and why is that meaningful to them? So... Really, kind of taking into consideration with goals that they're going to be unique to everyone. They're going to have um, different reasons why, based on that person's, you know, the way that they grew up, their relationship, their love languages, whatever it is, and us coming up with our own reasons for why and the feeling that we want to achieve behind a goal is very, very important from not only a a relational perspective but also like a brain perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that's so so important, and I think. Yeah, for, for, for anyone, really, whether you have a team or not, just knowing that, knowing that if you are kind of picking up on, you know, goals outside of you or whether your boss or maybe your friends are setting goals and you're like, I'll take that goal as well. That yes. sounds good. You know, it's like, again, it's that making sure you have that emotional connection. I think that's such a good point. And it's also so, so good to bring in the science and just kind of visualize, visualize the amygdala being activated when you set a goal. You know, just kind of like holding... (laughs) Doing the the hologram of your amygdala and (laughs) holding it. And say, do
0: you like this? Do you feel connected (laughs) to this? You could even be like, does this feel like something that I want to work towards? Mm -hmm. Even like asking that part of your brain, like, do I feel motivated by this? Yes. Does this feel good? And that's a good part too, to feel the feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. Like say a goal and then you're like, how does this feel in my body when I say that I want to lose 20 pounds, or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, fit in this size, or I want to get in a, fall in love, or I want to get a promotion. It's like, how does that feel in your body? And for the most part, most of our goals probably don't give us the feeling in our body that excites us or inspires us or motivates us to move forward. And I bet you the more untangible, creative, you know, spiritual or just feeling goals are the ones that really feel different in our body. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think those are the ones that,
1: again, help the tangible goals also. It's like really making sure that we, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but it's just making sure that we are also tending to, you know, the emotional, the spiritual, just the energetic body because all of that is always at play. And so if you are pushing off therapy or if you are you know, resistant to a certain type of healing or if TBM shadow work is like, oh man, I don't want to do it. (laughs) It's probably one of those things that is potentially calling you forward because it's going to allow you to be, you know, more available for these other achievements. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If DeLune isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus
0: free shipping. You know, the Danielle Laporte perspective in her book is so incredible called The Desire Map. And in it, it talks about lining and basing our goals more on the feeling that we want to achieve when we achieve it or the feeling that we want to get by achieving it, rather than the actual goal themselves. So when we're thinking about you know, running a marathon, as an example, that really doesn't make me feel anything. But if it was a goal that I was aligned to, it would make me feel excited or inspired or fulfilled. And if those are my goals in the end, so if we're dr- drilling deeper beyond the actual action or the thing, I want to feel inspired. I want to feel fulfilled. How else can I feel, feel those feelings? Is there another route or another way for me to feel excited or fulfilled? Because if the end goal is the feeling, is there another way to get to the feeling that doesn't even involve the end goal? You know Because really we're all about and living in a world where It's more about feelings than we think and we kind of act like it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's also really helped me too. And something I've been working on and trying to get away from is that I've noticed that a lot of the days in the morning when I'm setting my goals from journaling, I write down that the feeling that I want to feel is productive. And I'm sort of... I'm annoyed at myself because I'm like, that is not... Why do I love feeling productive? I love the feeling of feeling productive and i'm trying not to shame myself but i'm always trying to come up like what does that mean why do i feel so good when i'm productive what does that say about what i value what does that say about who i am and how i measure my worth and so always kind of coming back to even our feelings like when we get to the feeling is the feeling even something that we want to be striving and working towards cuz i don't know if i want to always base my feeling of my day on feeling productive could mm-hmm. be feeling loved could be feeling inspired, could be feeling nourished or whole. And I think there's better feelings that I could align myself to eventually. And I think that's a really
1: good thing to bring up because I think goals in general just are what make us feel productive because when we can tick it off, it's like, it's such a satisfying thing, whether it's a daily goal, a weekly goal, monthly or yearly goal. And I think our identities generally speaking, are super wrapped up in productivity. I mean, we know that. I think, like even just being away from Instagram and like just having kind of less of less of my time spend there, I'm like, okay, so what am I gonna fill it with? What are we doing? You know, it's like really apparent to me in the days where I have told myself, you're gonna lay on the couch and you are going to just, you're just gonna read. A, the book that you're reading that you love, like, or you're going to maybe watch, watch a show, you know? And I just notice, like, I can't go on my phone and distract with Instagram. I'm like, I get up, you know, at first I was like getting up and I was doing things as I was watching. And I'm like, this is so, or I was thinking about, oh, I have to do, I have to start on that project for start, three, we do this, okay. You know, it's like our minds and I'm wondering what is that part of me as well? It's like, to me, it feels like anxiety. It feels just like anxiousness around rest. It feels like anxiousness around no one's going to give me kudos for laying down on the couch. Uh, That's facts. You know? That's facts. Or like anxiety around not having enough time. Oh, I got to start on this thing because I want to, you know, it's just
0: anxiety around that. So I do think there's also, there's a, there's a chemical that your body is looking for that you usually get through your phone. So you are really rewiring and retraining your body and brain that you are no longer going to get dopamine each time you touch your phone. Yeah. How am I going to have my dopamine restored or created or released in my body if I'm not looking at my phone? So that's real.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: completely. Yeah, it's... I'm excited. Definitely think you should do a full episode on that.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to do so, that. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's completely, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, "Hmm." it's completely possible for me and everyone to, in a way, like really build in the ability to take like, whether it's mini hiatuses, whether it's like you're on Instagram Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday or something like where you can build in kind of these like pretty nice blocks and I know some people do that with like weekends and stuff, but I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe like four days where, cause I think that would just help the pathway to like s- stay. <laughs> yes.
0: That's sort of my pattern more so. I've been, you know, uh, here and there, but mostly my pattern is taking off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and sometimes Monday. And I think that's totally doable. Yes. Cause that's when you should be spending the most quality time one on one with your family and friends and, Living in the actual moment. But I think, even for people thinking and listening, you know, it could be a goal for you to take more time off of your phone, you know, to have a better uh, relationship with technology where you feel like you're more living in your actual life than on a digital life, where you're more fulfilling and you're more in the game of fulfilling the physical body or the physical relationships that exist rather than those that exist online. So I think the digital conversations are a really, really good one to bring into goal setting for us all to think about collectively of our relationship with social media and our relationship with our phones um, and goal setting and hopefully bringing a little bit more human element to it. But I think overall, my main my main point for this and um, you know our main point together is for us to really come into the conversation around goal setting especially in january where we're feeling the pressure to set goals for reasons that we don't know and just always come back to the body and come back to the why and come back to the heart and come back to you know the soul that exists beyond this physical plane that is really yearning for a deeper connection with you and set your goals and orient yourself properly based on that you know concentrate your day on and set your sights on you know, the heaven on earth, the really good, the beautiful, you know, the truthful. And really carefully be mindful of the concerns of your body in each moment. And when you are really working on these goals and you have your sights aimed at you know, the new earth or the greatest life that you have, you can really attend to the future, but then also living as much as you can in the present. Because I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that we're attending to the present as much as we are to our future. Yeah. That's so beautiful.
1: And I think to just, you know, on that presence piece, it's like, how often are we allowing ourselves to just like really like marvel at what we've become because of what we've done, you know, because of what we've worked for. And I don't know if I've spent enough time just thinking about like, wow, you know, that thing I was working on with my therapist or that thing I was working on personally like i am that now <laughs> you know it's like yes it's do we take enough time to really marble at like who we are now and and also like just taking the time and it's cheesy and we hear it often but like the being versus doing i do think that there is an energetic to actually allowing things to come and you know we've talked about this before on the podcast um but it's there is something to that. And so if you feel like you are over functioning when it comes to your goals, if intuitively you're like, wow, this is a lot. I'm feeling a lot. There is like just a constant chaos in my body and in my mind, like, is there is that creating a block to what you really want to achieve or get or have? And it could be. And so if if you can build in some time to just be and allow and quote, surrender, like there could be some things that come in that could really surprise you that won't be
0: as effort focused. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think a mantra that I would leave is you are the end goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Remembering that like you literally are the end goal. Like there is no end goal. If you died today, this was the end goal. This was literally the end of it. And like you were talking about when looking back for your, on your past and how far you've come, like you literally are the end goal of so many of your goals already. And so how can you embody that end goal today?
1: Mm. Beautiful.
0: We will see you all at camp, Camp Almost 30, happening on January 22nd. 2022. I cannot wait to hang with you all. It's going to be such a beautiful day. Invite your friends. You can go to almost30.com slash camp. You can subscribe to the podcast. It would mean so much to us if you are part of our community by subscribing to the podcast. Writing a review is also super kind. We love when you share how much you love about the show to us in our DMs. But it also means a lot for you to write a review on Apple Podcasts. And we will see you on the next one. Love you all. Bye. Love you all. Bye.